Welcome to the Mosh Zone, episode 49, week 49, volume 49, number fucking 49. How you going, guys? Happy fucking New Year. This is the first show of 2019 for the Mosh Zone. Our guest this week is John of The Last 10 Seconds of Life. All of that is coming up in the show. So guys, I hope you've had a great time, a bit of downtime over the festive period. Hope you enjoyed all of the Christmas and New Year's celebrations. Hope you enjoyed time with your family and loved ones. And hopefully you've had a good wind down and rest. Got to say, really enjoyed a couple of weeks of just not being on the go and on the grind with the Mosh Zone. So we've started to ramp things back up and this is the first episode of the year. So this year we will be trying out some new things. We've got some things in the pipeline. We're trying to look into some sponsorship, a lot of things going on behind the scenes. But one thing that is certain, we're still going to bring you your weekly episodes, your weekly guests, your weekly Mosh Zone podcast. Now, before we get into the interview with John... I've got to ask, guys, it's the new year. We need some help with the ratings and reviews on whatever service it is that you use to listen to this show. So if you're on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, whatever it is, help us with a rating and a review. It's really vital, and it does a lot of things for us to get out to more listeners. They use an algorithm, and if you rate us and review us, it helps create our algorithm to get out in front of more people. Also something that's helpful, we say it quite a bit and it sounds really simple and it is really simple to do is simply tell people about the Mosh Zone or even share an episode on your social medias. All of this kind of help that you guys give us is invaluable and helps us grow into a bigger and better podcast. So enough of my rambling, this week I was joined on the show by John of the last 10 seconds of life. What a fucking dude. I'm so grateful for John taking time out of the hectic schedule he's got. Caught him on a day off at home. It was really nice to set aside some time for me and a really fun chat, really good dude. It was good just to get to know not only about him, about the band, and about this exciting new album the band are about to drop, which is called Machina Non Grata. comes out January the 11th. Make sure you scope that album out. i got to say thank you, John. I really appreciate you giving us time. Much love, much respect. Thank you, John, for taking time out for the Mosh Zone. That chat with John is coming up now. Do you kind of remember an age or what it was that helped you realize that music was a thing was there an artist growing up that you discovered that opened your eyes and ears yeah definitely um i don't really remember the age but it was extremely extremely young uh when i would like go visit my dad we would like play in the living room and stuff like that and he'd always put on music and uh, i remember elton john like Aerosmith and zz top stuff like that and that always just, you know, music just always correlated a good time when I was a kid. And um, I always loved Aerosmith. I remember the first um, CD he got, what well, I guess a piece of music he got me, it was a cassette, was uh, the album Big Ones by Aerosmith. Oh. And I used to listen to that, like, on repeat as a little kid, just constantly, constantly. And then Mrs. Doubtfire came out, and I remember Dude Looks Like a Lady was in the movie, and I yeah. loved that movie as a kid. And, you know, it just was... 
very young, really. Like it was almost my, it's been my entire life. Music has always been a big part of my family. Just not like as far as playing music, just listening to music. So it's always been around. So it's always made me want to do it. So your family always played music. So it wasn't just something that you'd hear in the car. It was kind of always in the household. Yeah, yeah, no, it was constant. If I was at my dad's house, there was always music on, like Frank Sinatra or Dean Martin or some sort of rock band like Van Halen or something like that. And my mom would always have the same thing. She, you know, really loved listening to Queen, and she was always listening to Led Zeppelin, and she had her music on and Elton John and whatnot. So they both, had, they luckily had good taste in music. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, this sounds like what was this? The nineties? This is like mid. Mid-90s? Oh, this is like, yeah, this is like the, the early 90s. Yeah, I was born in 88. So this is oh, wow. definitely okay. the 90s and stuff. So when yeah, in, when was the period or what was the artist that, you know, suddenly you were listening to more heavier guitar-driven music? Because I was actually quite the same. I was Aerosmith at the start and then there was yeah. one band for me. But what was that band for you that branched you out? Um... I'm pretty positive that it was Marilyn Manson. I was all of a sudden in a friend's living room or in his bedroom, rather. We were listening to music and he put on uh, the dope show. And immediately I I was drawn to that because it was very like, I guess you can say I loved horror movies. So it was very scary in a sense. So I I enjoyed that about it. And that was really the first time I had opened up into heavier music and it just kind of lost its mind from there when but still went in the rock direction it took me a little bit to get to screaming so when you're suddenly around the house listening to manson and these kind of bands what was the family's reaction because some families are accepting oh they hated it oh they hated it they took my cds from me and stuff like (laughs) that like they were super strict about it and it wasn't even like this wasn't stuff that they had dealt with as a kid because their parents did the same thing to them. But they were like, my dad would literally make my teachers tell him what music I had. And they would like tell my dad and my dad would take the music from me. Like, wow. I used to have to fight for that. <laughs> was, 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 were they, uh, were they of a Bible background? Was there a reasoning? No, behind no, it? no. My, my dad is just like super Italian and just like, is just stuck in 1950. And it didn't matter that it was the 90s. Like, he was like, he was mad that I wasn't some Italian guinea kid with the gold horn on my chest. And I was listening to Manson and fucking like, you know, doing crazy shit in my room, basically. And, and he was like, oh, I'm not going to let him be this type of person. So ah. shit, I guess like that type of thing happened. So but what, my mom would always give in and like buy me the CDs again. Like, So where did you grow up? Uh, I originally grew up in New York City in a mm. shitty little place called Staten Island. It's oh, terrible. Island. Don't ever go there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the five boroughs. It shouldn't be, <laughs> but it is. Um, and it's a very. It's not a very rock heavy area. So mm-hmm. it was definitely just more my parents keeping me stuck in the in the rock in the house. So really. what was what was school like for you then? Because you were obviously in high school when you started getting into Manson. So was music playing a part in your school life? Well, I, I was actually in the fifth grade when I started Ooh, getting into. Wow. Actually, I was younger. Yeah, fifth grade when I started getting into Manson. Hmm. Um, and uh, school, yeah, music definitely played a huge role in like who you were allowed to hang out with and like mm-hmm. who you hung out with because like. Um, I wasn't a very social kid. Like I, I sucked at being social with kids. So like everyone used to always like try to bully me and fight me and stuff like that. Yeah, so yeah. I never really had like a place, even when I hung out with the rock kids, like I was still like that dude that people would fuck with. So like 
music definitely played a big role in just being there for me, mm. really. I mean, giving me a place to be. That's really what it was. Like, it didn't really determine where I was going to end up. It kind of determined, you know, what I would have mm. when I felt like I had something. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, so for you, it wasn't necessary... Um, <clears throat> an identity it was more of a belonging it gave you a sense of yeah. you um it gave me a it gave me a place to go when i had nothing else to like to go so school was obviously you know it sounds very similar to, for me as well it was it was just it was a fuck it was horrible yeah i hate it all those kids suck yeah, like i love yeah. when those kids message me now look remember we were friends <laughs> no, I don't. can you put me on the door yeah no no can't. no so What's going on musically during high school? Are you going a bit heavier? Are you kind of playing yeah. around? Yeah, during high school was when I really started to uh, branch out into like heavier music. It was about the end of the eighth grade in the summer when I had gotten uh, when I had gotten into Slipknot, and about um, I guess you would say a couple of months before that, at the end of the seventh grade, I had just started listening to Deicide, Ooh. so I was getting into like really <laughs> heavy metal and really like heavy vocals and uh once i got into slipknot i kind of broke open and i was just like into all the bands that were screaming and stuff like that i started listening to all that remains and kill switch and shadows fall uh you know and just being really on top of the, the metalcore game i guess you could say um high school was definitely the time period when i started listening to more metalcore definitely it, that's when i started playing music that's when i wanted to you know be in a band and that all, you know, that all stems from just all that new music that kind of flooded into, you know, everybody's life at that point. And it just kind of, it, it motivated me just like it motivated everybody else. So when, what age were you when you decided, okay, I'm not really good at the books. I don't really want to focus on that. I want to do music. What, what age and what was, what was it like for you? Like, what, how did you decide like of all things, why music? Okay, so this is actually a really funny story. <laughs> if anybody watches this and knows who my dad is, this is going to be funny. So I was like 14 or 15 years old. Um, I would constantly talk about music and constantly talk about bands and just how I wanted to do it and this about music and that about music and this about bands, everything. And one night my dad just yells and literally just tells me to shut the fuck up and stop talking about bands. And if I want to be in a band so fucking bad to go join a fucking band or start a fucking band, but stop bothering him about it. <laughs> and I remember being like in the kitchen and just being like, oh, okay, that's, yeah, that's a great idea. I probably should go do that. <laughs> so I went to school the next day and I started asking everybody like, yo, do you play guitar? Yo, do you play bass or, you know, drums or whatnot? I found a bunch of people who played music. Um, at first I wanted to be like the guitar player, but uh, I had asked for guitar for Christmas and they were like, yeah, sure. And they got me this guitar that was like bigger than my body. So I couldn't <laughs> play. So it was impossible to learn how to play guitar. So I just always wound up singing instead because I had been singing to everything my entire life. That was part of the fun when I was a kid, singing along to the music. I sing it with my parents in the car and all that. So I just kind of like was like, you know, I got a lot inside of me. I'd like to like yell it out. And I always just drawn to singing even though i wanted to play guitar so i just kind of was like fuck it i'll do this for now until i can get like a regular guitar so i can like actually play it um and it just kind of stuck there basically so did you take any guitar lessons or was it literally as soon yeah. as you got the guitar you're like nah this this ain't gonna work 
No, I, I tried to take guitar lessons. It was just the guitar was so big. It literally was like playing it like this. Like it was like I had a car on my chest. Like it was impossible to play. It was some big ass Austin guitar or something like that. I was some tiny little fucking 14 year old kid. I couldn't even get my arms around it. It was like it was like hugging the couch trying to play it. And I wasn't going to like complain about it. I was like, all right, I got a guitar now. I was like, fuck, well, I can't. It's not working out. I got to try something else here. <laughs> It, you know, was it was it possibly a bit of uh, sabotage by the family because they're like, well, if you really oh, want to play, yeah. here you go. Yeah, because <laughs> I was kind of like complaining my entire life that I wanted a drum set. I used to I used to tap and bang on everything, and they were like, we're not getting them a fucking drum set. It's gonna drive us insane. <laughs> so they they didn't do that, and then um, it probably was it was probably more or less my dad being like, he. In this type of guitar was the guitar that he was told was good or whatever like that and was mm. like i'm gonna buy this one it doesn't matter that it's big he'll grow into it type <laughs> shit like <laughs> like it's a pair of fucking jeans from my grandma or something <laughs> like and they just yeah i mean it, it was cool i remember like a couple years later i smashed it into a thousand pieces because i was like i want to do that i have a guitar <laughs> i'm never gonna play <laughs> now with vocals you, you switch over and you've been singing along you're probably doing like everyone does in the mirror or you know with the hair yeah yeah everything. head first into the stereo yeah, like. <laughs> yeah. now what was it like suddenly trying to do that were you blowing out your voice were you trying to find your voice you know trying to identify what you sounded like oh uh, yeah i was more or less trying to just identify like what i sounded like i wanted to sound like my favorite singers so at the time i really loved brian fair's like screaming vocals and i really loved jamie jasta like the way they yelled that like that heavy yelling voice that the, 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 the kind of like the pitching screaming singing that brian fair did i really loved jesse leach's vocals i thought it was incredible how he went back and forth between the two um and i would just always go like super high not really for any reason, just because that was just like what you would do with highs. I heard Glenn Benton do it, so I was like, as high as I can go and as low as I can go for DSI vocals, and I just had like that little bit in between. And it just kind of started there, um, and just singing along and figuring out what you could do. And sing screaming was definitely a process. Uh, mm. You know, like I – I sang every day, all day. Once I made the decision like that I was going to be in a band and that I wanted to be a singer, like it was fucking on and there was no stopping me. Like I was singing all day. I was listening to music all day. I did not have friends. I did not go outside. I chilled in my room and listened to music. I finally got an electric guitar for Christmas. So I was playing the shit out of that and trying to learn how to sing and play at the same time. And it was just band at all times. I remember literally I like – kind of like left and went back to school in the middle of high school just to have band practice. Not cause I had a drug problem or anything with like wow. cops or anything. I was literally like, I'm not going to school. Fuck that. I'm playing music. And we literally just jammed at my friend's house for an entire year straight until the cops came and knocked on the door and was like, your son's not going to school. Like what's oh, going on? And my dad oh. thought I was a drug addict. And I was like, no, I'm just fucking, I just want to play music. I don't give a fuck about algebra. They could suck my dick. I want to <laughs> fucking play metal. Like, <laughs> so like it was, I was addicted as fuck. Like, once it was on, it was on. It was, and I'm still kind of like that. It gets in the way of everything. Like, <laughs> I, 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 that, it's it's rare. It's 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 fucking it's epic. But that, no, I wanted it. That I sounds, wanted it. You couldn't take it from me. It sounds like it would have been pretty testing though, as well. Like if you're 
you know, sure, your parents don't want you to do listen to this music. They certainly don't want you to do this kind of music. And then you're yeah. kind of not going to school because of music. Um, was was it a really were you determined or was there a lot of nervousness that, you know, I've got to just do this? No, I was, I was hell bent on making it on proving them wrong. I, in my, I'm 30 now. And even in the last 10 years, my family has looked me in the face and been like, you're going to do fucking nothing with music. It's nothing like, so like, I've always had this fire inside of me of like, you're not going to fucking tell me what I'm going to do. I know that I can do it and I know that I'm going to do it and nothing you say or try to do is going to stop me from doing that. And that fire has been constant in me because you run into that with my, with my parents, with people in life, everything, everything around you, jobs that fucking tell you you're going to go nowhere. Just people that constantly tell you like, nah, that shit's not going to happen. And I'm not, when I believe in something and you tell me no, good luck. Yeah. Like, I'm not that dude. Like, you know what I mean? This was this was everything to me. I wanted to get the fuck out of where I was. I hated where I was. I hated who I was, and I wanted everything else. Yeah, and I, you know, what I mean, yeah. I just, I just wanted to leave. And and I graduated. Believe it or not, I, I graduated high school. I only, you know what I mean? It was only left back a year because of the whole shit with fucking with jamming and stuff. I went to like three different high school, uh, two different high schools. Fucking, I got my Regents diploma, which in New York City is a thing. It's not really a thing anywhere else. But like, you know, I, I, I actually did it. And then I went and got my EMT certification. Oh wow! You know what I mean? And fucking, so like, I, I like. I, you know, I did shit afterwards, but it, you know, it's music has always, and like I said, it does get in the way. Like, yo, I went to college for two days and I was like, nah, I'm going to jam. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was like, I'm just going to go do the EMT school thing. That would be easy. I like blood and shit. People suck in New York. That's fine. Like, and then that was a whole different fucking process. <laughs> so you leave high school, you finally graduate. Now, anyone that knows your background knows that there's been a few bands along the way before yes. you got to the last 10 sec uh, last 10 seconds of life sorry i always get my tongue twisted no it's okay it's a mouthful <laughs> um so before you got there there were a few bands um but you mentioned the emt things there so were you trying to balance for a while job and band Oh, uh, well, for a while, I was trying to balance out, like, reality. So mm. I had gotten to the point where, like, you know, young young 20s, like 20 years old, with the pressure of reality is on you. So I didn't really know, like, is this a thing? Am I really going to be able to do this? Like, fuck, like, they were kind of getting to me. So I kind of, like, I put it down for a bit type shit, and I went to EMT school. I tried to work for Verizon and do all sorts of stuff like that, and then – I just wasn't happy and I wound up jamming randomly with these kids that I was friends with a long time ago and we wound up jamming again and it kind of just like re-sparked that old flame and I was like, this is where I belong type shit. You know what I mean? I took the two years off from, from the end of high school because at the end of high school, my whole family sat me down and was like, you, you know what I mean? You need to fucking do something with your life now. You're out of high school and it kind of like hit me. So I like tried but I just hated it. You know what I mean? It wasn't, but it wasn't me. And I, and I just wound up back in the music thing. And, um, 2010 is really when it all started to like actually mean something when I would do something with music. And that was Ender, wasn't it? No, actually before that, it was, uh, this band called take it with the tide. Ah. Ender, uh, was directly after that. Okay. Take it with the tide was, uh, 
kind of a nobody fucking progressive band, but with people in it that were doing things. So our drummer was Mike Rainey from Through the Eyes of the Dead, and our guitarist was Chris Hank Hankel <laughs> from Through the Eyes of the Dead. Actually, he was our bassist. At, um, but we used to we used to jam around, and we made a little noise in like our New York area. And then that band broke up because uh, one of the members, two of the members that weren't the guys I mentioned are not cool dudes. Yeah. And uh, that band broke up, and that's when I had joined. That's when I joined Ender. I um, I wound up in Ender for like all of six months or some shit like that. And uh, we just didn't really like get along. Like I'm a pothead. I love to smoke weed. They're like kind of terrified of people that smoke weed. Like they'd show up at the train and I'd be smoking a joint. And they'd be like, <laughs> and I'm like, bro, who fucking cares? I'm still like that. Like, bro, like who gives a shit? It's pot. Mm, no one mm, gives a fuck. Mm. Like, I'm not shooting up heroin on the street. It looks like I'm smoking a cigarette. <laughs> no one gives a shit. Like, so like they used to, they used to panic like that. And they used to, I, they wanted me to, they wanted me to travel like, uh, by train, which was like four hours and like three times a week just to jam. Wow. And I used to be like, dude, like this this music does not need us to be together like three times a week. Like we're playing breakdowns here. Like and they didn't really they didn't really I'm serious and they didn't really like that. And I was like, Well, if you guys feel like you need to meet up that much, that's fine. But like considering that it's four hours each way for me to come out here to jam three hours a week to work on songs that I already work on at home, like I'd rather just come out here like once a week and then go when we have to do shows type shit. And they were like, well, we're not really trying to do a lot of shows. We're just trying to like get this album finished. And I was like, well, I kind of want to do work. I want to be on tour. And they were like, oh, yeah, we don't really want to do that. And I was like, okay. So the next day they called me and like they kicked me out of the band basically. And at this point we had already recorded a song and released it. And um, I was like, okay, fine, whatever. You know what I mean? Just don't use my shit and find another vocalist. Okay. Literally the next day they signed to a label with my shit with my song and me on it so i hit them up and i was like what in the fuck are you guys doing you're out of your mind fuck. and they didn't answer me actually they did answer me the dude danny answered me and he was like all panicked and shit like that and then the, the bassist mark hit me up and they were all panicked and i was like look this is retarded we're not doing this i remember i told the, the dude from the label greg long i was like you know i'm not in this band anymore um they, you know what I mean? They were gonna review. They were gonna reuse this track with like another vocalist. Like I'm, I'm not in this I'm band. Like, and he was like, "Oh, fuck that." He was, <laughs> he was like, I don't, "He's like, I'm not really crazy about that idea." He was like, "Let's, uh, let's take a back. Let's take a step back." And then I separated from them entirely, and they did their own thing for a little bit. And I don't, I don't really know how their history goes after that. Yeah, I think, I think, kind of the only reason anyone would know they're around is because there is the music video with you in it. Oh, actually, it's not me. This is Kid Joey. That looks looks exactly exactly like you. I saw the guy. I saw the guy and I was like, oh, that's that's John there. I'm like, yeah, that's John. Like, isn't it? Fuck, man. That's that's bad. Like, yo, when it came out. It was definitely funny. When it came out, people would hit me up and be like, yo, you joined Ender again? Like, joking around. And I was like, no, nah, what do you mean? And I go look at the video. And I was like, this, I was like, they got, I know Joe. Joe is a great vocalist. And I was like, oh, they got Joe. I was like, but it's so funny how, like, me and Joe look exactly alike. Like, this is funny. That's you bad. can't find the version of, uh, with me and Ender on, I don't think you can find it on, 
on the internet. I think they took it down once like I made a scene about it. Why would you um, why would you hire a singer that is like it's kind of it's it's like a broken relationship and they go and get someone that's exactly like their ex because that's what they've done. It's like that's Yeah, yeah. He had the We're beard hot. and everything, man. Me and Joe are hot, that's what it is. Fuck. <laughs> That's fucked, man. That's oh, bad. Joe's, Joe's a good dude. He's also a good vocalist. Um, so you went from there. Now, this next section of, like, bands is a bit confusing because there was, like, Torment the Dreamer in there. Yes. That's a band from Connecticut. They were an instrumental band for a long time, and uh, I found them through my friend Mike Rainey. Um and he put me on to those dudes, and they were actually a great time. This, uh, long story short, this is another case of people being like, I want it, I want it, I want it, and then not really understanding what it means for, like, I want it. You know what I mean? And with this band, I traveled. I traveled fucking far all the time. I did that four-hour train ride. I wound up going from Staten Island uh, to the ferry to the train in the city, to Grand Central Station, two hours north of Connecticut. That's a, It was definitely like four hours each way. And I used to go once a week for us to jam for literally only like three and a half hours. But I was way more into the band. Um, they were they were super chill. Um, and in the end, we really just used to argue because I always wanted to do more with the band than they did. They were always talking about like, you know, whose birthday it was and the family, like whose cousins, you know, like all this trash, like, oh, I can't, I can't play that show that we've had booked for three months because it's my uncle's birthday. <laughs> like, no, that, that's retarded. And we used to do that all the time. And we got a reputation for being called Cor- Torment the Booker. Yeah. And, then, <laughs> and then one day we played this show and like one of the headlining bands was, you know, you know, kind of nudging that like maybe we could hurry up and get our shit off stage type thing and they literally my my bandmates literally did not care and they kind of just made us look like dicks and they just it was just really at that point i had just had enough because of the whole thing with canceling shows constantly because of them and stuff i was like i think i'm just gonna i think i'm just gonna be out from there um from there i did oh my that was when all the major stuff started happening once i left torment the dreamer um, that was when I finally joined My Bitter End. Yes. That was my, like, My Bitter End is my all-time favorite band in the entire world. And Heavily underrated. Album, Heavily underrated. Oh, my God. Yo, it's not even a joke. The Renovation is one of the best albums you've oh. ever heard in your entire life. Yeah. I don't care what anybody yeah. says. I That is literally one of the best albums ever fucking written. And as soon as they broke up, so many bands were like, we're going to fucking sound exactly like that. Let's go. I'm not going to name them because they're huge. <laughs> but but a lot of those bands use that same fucking sound right now. Mm-hmm. And those bands and, and My Bitter End was definitely at the front of that shit. They, I was so stoked to have been in that band. Tyler Guido was, is my biggest influence in vocals like in general. Um, everything about that dude musically is unbelievable. People might have a, a different opinion about him as a person, but I don't give a fuck. I love Tyler. But it Fucking, was that was uh, that was a weird period though because as you said they they released the album and then kind of vanished. So when you're coming into the band, they're still kind of some people know they're still playing shows occasionally or doing things, but it's not deemed an active band. So what's that yeah, like it's for not you? Like crazy. It's well. They had done all. They do all. They did a lot of. We're broken up. We're back. We're broken mm, up. We're mm. back. So 
when that happened, it, it kind of got a little deflated. And then when they first came back, um, you know, they were they were tr- they were struggling with the vocal situation because Tyler just wasn't up to it anymore. Um, they wound up with our friend Tim from the Classic Struggle, still a great dude and great vocalist. Um, they put out songs with him, but fans were still missing like the old sound. Um, it was just you know we never we never got our footing back. Mm. That was really what it was. You know, the band did really well in 2007, 2005 and all that, probably even more than that. And by the time I was in it, it was, we were, we were really, we were really struggling and it just kind of, uh, it just wasn't the right time for that band. You know what I mean? If that band could come back now, that'd be, that'd be really cool. But at the time it was just, it was hard. Now, now when this has gone on and, you know, it's not quite going as you'd hope, you've had a bit of a period here where everything is kind of starting and then not really pulling through. What the fuck Start is life. you? What the fuck's going on in your head? Because you're so determined that this is what you want, but are you starting to go to yourself? Oh fuck! Maybe this is just maybe Dad is right. Maybe there's just too much shit going. No, on. not not yet. <laughs> not yet. It took. I I was I became way more accomplished before I even decided. Like, oh fuck, maybe everybody's right. So fucking at this point, I'm just like my better end. This is this actually lands me directly in the fate. I'm gonna go outside. It's getting kind of dark. This actually lands me directly in the hands of last ten seconds of life. Mm. So, 2000, 2014 it is. Uh, my bitter end is has a tour with last ten. Arsonist gets all the girls, and uh, this band called Lord of War and Seeker, and another band that I can't remember. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't think they play anymore though. Uh, and be on the shore. So this whole entire tour is supposed to go on. Pretty sure that's the whole tour. Maybe it's two tours. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> so this whole tour is supposed to happen, and my better end breaks up. So this is like the final time my better end's like, oh yeah, we're calling it quits because we we lost our guitar player and we were having a problem finding somebody. So we were like, okay, we're just gonna call this a, call this a, call this a day basically. And once we did that, I was kind of mad because I I I wanted to go on that tour so bad with Last 10 and everything. Not that I knew who Last 10 was. I had no idea who the band was yet. Um, I just loved being on tour with My Bitter End. Mm. You know what I mean? I'd already done a tour with them when I was their fill-in vocalist. This would have been my first tour as like their actual vocalist. Um, and I was just excited to, go, to get back on there. I didn't want to be in my house. I felt more comfortable on tour than I did anywhere. So here I am all full of like this aggression and like, I'm going to fucking go on this tour anyway. I don't give a shit if I have to do merch. Fuck it. Like, um, (laughs) I get a phone call from the then bassist of last 10. His name is Anthony. And, uh, basic law text message really. And he's telling me that let he's telling, well, actually, no, I got a text message from Rainey that last 10 needed a fill in vocalist because he got a phone call from Anthony. So I call, I go over to Mike's house. We talk to Anthony, Anthony, is like, yo, Facebook me. So I Facebook message him. He tells me that what's going on with the band, that pretty much um, – that basically Storm didn't think the tour was good enough for him to go on. So he was like, I'm staying home. What? And that's a whole nother can of worms. Wow. <laughs> but uh, 
so he was like, I'm not going on this tour. This tour is stupid. I'm not doing it. So they were like, well, bro, we're going on the fucking tour. So they asked me to fill in. I did the numbskull video that you can find on mm-hmm. YouTube. Um, Wyatt immediately loved it. Uh, I came and jammed at everybody. Everybody was super stoked when we were jamming. Um, we were all lined up to like, you know, to, to pretty much make it a thing. And it just kind of never really panned out. Like they had been in a band with Storm for a really long time. Um, they really, really what it is, is I come from a band called My Bitter End. And My Bitter End is a bunch of fucking haggard ass drunk fucks. So like <laughs> you, know, you wake up in the morning drunk as fuck. You can't find your shoes. You put on someone else's shoes. You go to the bathroom. No one cares. <laughs> If you do that, and at the time with the people who were in last 10, I woke up and I remember one morning I got up and I fucking went to go take a shit and I put on someone's shoes and then they took up, they got up to take a shit after me and their shoes were gone and they couldn't because I'm just, I'm just being a drunk idiot. Like, and then like, (laughs) they were like, dude, you can't do shit like that. And I was just constantly doing shit that was like literally just stuff you can't do on tour. But when it might better end, it was okay because we were assholes. So I did, I was learning (laughs) the hard way had to fucking be on tour with people. And, uh, by the end of the tour, we were friends and stuff like that, but they were, uh, they were going to bring back storm. And then we would, you know, we just stayed close from there. I wound up filling in and doing session work from that point on. Basically. So when's it become official? Because I think it was around, is around 2016 that you deemed officially the vocalist, but, you know, you said there you've you've done some fill-ins. You've basically been a hired gun, if you if you yeah, know. for that point on. And and it, it I learned a lot on that tour about touring with other bands and with you know what I mean, other people, and that like everybody wasn't like my better end. So like I you know I went home, I adjusted and stuff like that. I toured for Suffocate. I filled in for Painting and Exile. I was doing my own thing at home. Um, and then here we come to the end of 2015 and last 10 needs a vocalist again. Um, not really for the same type of situation, but definitely a situation where they were like, Hey, this kid storm is not coming on this tour. Um, we need a vocalist. You know what I mean? He like, and he's not coming back this time. Was that the Carnifex tour? That was a con- the Carnifex tour. Yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. Uh, at that point, um, they had made up their minds that they didn't want Storm back in the band and they needed a singer. So I was filling in and I was like, okay, let's go ahead and do this. They, uh, Wyatt had to stay home for, uh, for, other, for you know, family reasons. And Anthony filled in on guitar. And then we had our now bassist filling in at the, as the bassist at the time because Anthony was going to, you know, we were going to, it was all supposed to go back around. So that tour goes great. Um, we all have a blast except Anthony. Yeah. Anthony, the entire time, is not stoked. He's not happy being on tour because he feels like his band is not there. And he just kind of made it miserable for everyone the whole time. Um, I think he was going through other stuff at the time, too. But he was just the only one not having fun. So we come home, and then Anthony's like, hey, I'm not going to – you know what I mean? I'm not going to stay in the band. He didn't really have a reason. He just kind of made up a bunch of – I'm not going to call them excuses. He just had a bunch of deadlines he set for himself that he just let all fall through and then had a reason for them. So at that point, we were like, hey, you need to make a decision. And he decided that he was going to leave. Um, he didn't show up to the studio. That was number one. Um, Why it actually tracks the bass. You know, we just kind of like kept it rolling, really. Like, you know, the tour was over. And then, you know, they held the auditions, but 
we knew that I was going to be the singer for the most part. You know what I mean? We were just trying to do our thing, see if maybe something else would happen, like just to give everyone a fair shot. Yeah, but does that how's that how's that make you fucking feel? It's like I'm in here, I'm doing the hard yards for you guys. No, we, I I knew I I knew I had the spot. I think they just wanted to create a little bit of fucking noise. Oh, and I was gonna like, say because fuck, I would have been like fuck doing auditions. You've got me here. No, nah, right? nah, yeah, no, we we knew that I was gonna do it. That was the that was part of like that was part of why Anthony didn't want to stay in the band. He didn't. He wanted Storm to be in the band, or he didn't. He thought it was like no, nah. uh, like okay. so. When they when they told him like that's not happening, like he's we're not letting him come back. Um, Anthony was like, well, uh, you know, I'm, I'm gonna go start a band. With, I'm gonna go start a band with Storm, and we were like, okay, enjoy. <laughs> like, Take we it. did what we were gonna tell him. We're not gonna yeah. fight with him. Like you don't want to do, it. you don't want to do it. So he he left, and uh, we basically just kept it rolling. Mm. We we kept it together. We had the auditions go. We had met a, we met a lot of sick vocalists. You know what I mean. We met a lot of cool people. Um, we got the news around about the vocal change, which is what we wanted to happen, and it it really helped us propel that entire movement of like, hey, there's going to be a new singer for last ten, and then you know what I mean because it created a shit ton of attention. So that helped us really get the news out there that you were going to have a new singer. And then 2016, we went into the studio, and then. The violent sound happened. Yeah. Before we get into the violent sound, what what was it like joining a band that, you know, being officially joining a band that had kind of, in a way, established themselves because they'd had three albums at this stage already under their belt. Um, technically, I'd say you were pretty much all in part on one of those uh, because when all that's going on. But do you feel... Is there any weight of expectation that, you know, this band's kind of got its thing and I need to now on this next album deliver? Because if I don't deliver, I'm now going to be known as the guy that fucking dropped the ball and fucked this ship up. Correct. Now, what happened was we were... When I first talked to Wyatt, he was talking about how, like, I want to focus more on the, like more on the singing stuff. Mm. And I was like, okay, I really dig that. Because at the, at the time, I was really just getting my bearings on that style of singing and stuff like that. And he was like, I'm not worried about making it as heavy as it could possibly be. He's like, I want it to be as, you know, I want it to be emotional this time. And he was like, I really want to do something different. I was like, okay. So at the time, a lot of the violence sound was already written. Because a lot of people don't know this, but up until this recent album, Wyatt has done the majority of the writing in the band, including the vocals. So at this point, there's a lot already done when I get to, when I show up to the you know the, the whole thing with the violin sound. So we do some pre-pro. We go into the the studio with Grant Carson at Atrium Audio when it was still Atrium Audio, and uh, I think the first song we did was Six Feet, mm-hmm. and then we did Bloodlust. And then once we broke into Little Black Line, I was like, hey, I have a lot of ideas for this song. Do you care if I like, you know, just kind of go at it and see what you think? And at the time, none of those none of those Manson lines, none of those like raspy singing vocals were in there. It was just all screaming and why it's chorus. And I was like, he was like, yeah, he's like, if I fucking hate it, though, I'm going to tell you it sucks and we're not going to use it. He was like, so if you want to do that. I was like, yeah, I really do. So like everyone went downstairs. I'm sitting in the room with Grant 
and he's the fucking man when it comes to singing. And I was like, I got this really fucked up idea for this band, and I want you to just let me do it. And he's like, okay. <laughs> so, so, the, so Little Black Line starts, and I just literally started doing it, like the Manson vocals and shit like that. And he just kind of lit up, and he got really excited. He was like, yeah, I really dig where this is going. And we did the whole song up until the first chorus to show the idea of where I wanted to take all of it. And then we bring Wyatt back in the room and I was like, yo, what do you think of this? And he got super stoked and he was like, this is fucking awesome. I love this. Um, like I didn't, I didn't think that we were going to do something like this. He was like, but this is, this is awesome. Something along those lines. So we finished the song and then just kind of went on fire from there. We didn't really mean for the album to sound the way it did as, as I guess as intense the way it did. Um, and it just went nuts. Everything was, everything was layers. Everything was, was, you know, harmonies over this. Everything was clean singing. This was pitch note over that. We had completely gotten away from like doing all the, like the super low stuff. And by the time the album was done, it wasn't like a metal album. I mean, it was, but it was more like a rock album at this point. You know what I mean? It it feels new metal. We were, New metal with yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We were so proud of it because we did not intend for that to mm. sound like that. We attended it a little bit, but like it, like kind of got out of hand. There was a point where Wyatt was like, "All right, we have to chill," because like <laughs> we have to, like we have to, we can't alienate everybody completely. And at that point, we already kind of did. <laughs> so we we uh we just kept on, and by the time the album was done, we were fucking so stoked. It was the best thing that I had ever done vocally. Uh, in a band i had i was so excited about it because even though i didn't get to write the lyrics and even though i didn't get to write a lot of the placement i got to do whatever i wanted to with the sound of the vocals which ultimately shaped the entire album so it was beautiful to actually get to do all of that and you know i've never been able to just be the guy that was like okay we're gonna sing this like this and that like that and just you know i usually did everything and sometimes you get lost in that whole mixture so this was my first time writing with another person like that and it i was so proud and we were stoked um we dropped little black line uh i think it was bloodlust was the first one we dropped bloodlust first to give it a little bit of heaviness and then we just you know tried to go in hard with our other well, you know we went in and we we let the violent sound go we fucking we let little black line leak and not leak we put it out you know and then we had fucking and we had the drip happen a couple of months later we just um social suicide and it was just it was a fun time for us we played different tours that we normally wouldn't have played um we got to play in front of an older crowd which was really nice like older like older older people will literally come to the show now like moms and dads like without their kids mm. Like, and they're asking us to play stuff from the violent sounds. And that, that's awesome for us. You know what I mean? Our younger fans were definitely a little like felt, I guess they felt alienated. Like we had forgotten about them type shit. And everyone was like, Oh, there's a new singer. They're not going to be heavy anymore. And we kind of chuckled at that in the background. Cause we were like, Hey, like, you know, it was going to be heavy. We went into the studio and we kind of tripped over these, these choruses and we were like, Oh, this is so sick. <laughs> like, and we were, we were just so stoked on it. Like it was going to be heavy. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> so it, you know what I mean? That that's why we went back into the heavy this time. Plus yeah. we have we're way more mad now. Well, I mean, I think, I think <laughs> the violent sound is, it's still death core. I mean, as much as people don't like that phrase, it's still breakdown heavy. But like you said, there's so much different stuff going on. And I think it was probably really important, not only for you, but for the band, because it did 
bring more people to the band because they're like, people are like, oh my God, this band is either not heavy anymore or they're doing something different. So people start listening in, tuning in, brings more fans, different different tours. But it, I definitely have noticed from here, from in Australia, that the moment that album dropped, you guys have been on the grind. Like you guys are always touring, which is exactly what, you know, the reality is if you want to be in a band nowadays, you've got to get out there and show, you know, what you do. Um, So you've been playing for a while and anyone that knows the band should know that, what, it's, I think it's like in 11 days, 12 days time, the new album drops, the 11th of January, Machina Non Grata. Now, correct. you said there before, you're going to go back to bit heavy. Now, if anyone's heard the first two or three singles, is there two or three? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, technically, it's two singles. There wasn't an album yet when we when we put out Impossible yeah. Product. Okay. So the last one just released was Sweet Chin Music. Um, now, yeah. first question about that: Is that a HBK reference? Um. Yes and no. <laughs> uh, it's. De- I definitely love Shawn Michaels, mm-hmm. but we just wanted to think of a title that fit the lyrics of the song because mm-hmm. the first words of the song are fuck you yeah so i was like the and the entire song is a gigantic middle finger and um me and wyatt wrote it together um literally equal parts on vocals and placement um and originally it was so much more horrendous and he's like we can't say that <laughs> he was like he was like dude we can't say shit like that he was like you sound like frank reynolds like you can't you can't say shit like that <laughs> i was like all right um so we just kind of like fucked with it there but it's still a big punch in the face uh that song is sweet chin fucking music like mm. the end is sums it all up like it's just it's a great it's i it's one of my favorite songs this is this is probably my favorite piece of music as far as an album goes that i've ever been a part of so i'm really stoked on it but this this song is heavy as balls now I, with, definitely with, ready to kick people. with the album going in you know you've done the violent sound and as as we've spoken you know it's a bit different sounding did you intentionally go into machina non grata saying let's just go heavy was that in an intentional thing? yeah like yes and no we have been through a lot in uh personally individually uh like within the band i mean like um just we've gone through a shit ton of and of shit and we're definitely pissed Mm. like we're not one of these bands that pretend to be mad like there are a lot of fucking skinny white boy bands where those kids are not as mad as they make themselves out to be and Mm. i promise you if you've ever met us like we are definitely not the band (laughs) like Mm. we are definitely really mad and it really does show in this and that that really was our intentions like we wanted to unload all our hatred and all of the darkness in us and all you know just all of the violence that we have with inside of us um and that's what this album was for that's how i went into this album when when we were getting ready to start it i was like this is going to be the angriest thing i've ever done or i'm going to fucking hang myself like i'm not <laughs> I'm not playing around like, and I talk about that in the album. You know what I mean? I, I, you know, there are, there are parts where I'm talking about hanging myself. There are parts where I'm talking about digging my grave. Like, you know, the whole album is littered with thoughts of rage 
and hatred for the universe and mankind and hatred for yourself and like lots of thoughts of suicide. Any song that I've done, uh, there are definitely two songs in the album that I've done fully that are definitely about killing yourself. Like, um, it's just a really pissed album. It's, it's not, it does not come to you with hugs. No, like, it's not, it's not here to save you. It's cause we didn't feel saved. You know what I mean? Mm. For everything that happened to us, like just in our, in our, like everybody had shit that happened. Like why it's fucking house burnt down. You know what I mean? Like wow. shit like that. Like, so everybody has their own reasons to be pissed. And this album was for us to finally get it out. And this album is the first time that all of the new members actually got to be a major influence on the album. As you know, as I mentioned, violent sound was already done for the most part when I showed up, um, you know, Mike Minocker had a huge hand in this in this album when we were in the studio. Like I had a huge hand in the vocals and the lyrics and the placement. There are m- more songs there uh, within one album. I have probably written as much as their old singer, if not more, mm. as far as Wyatt is concerned. Um, Wyatt, you know, went in also. There is singing on this album, but it's very, it's like fucking War Pigs. Mm. Okay, it's not nice. like nice. It's, not, it's not like Little Black Line or anything like that. Like it's like. It's like Alice in Chains, Black Sabbath. Like, um, the only song with an actual chorus is also heavy as fuck. It's called Aphrodite. It's about being addicted to jerking off. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> it seemed very fitting for that song. <laughs> it is, yeah. Uh, but and that song is just heavy as fuck too. I can't wait to. I can't wait till people stumble upon that. We're not gonna. Re- we're probably not gonna release any of the songs with singing. You'll probably have to find them as you go along because they're mm-hmm. in there, but. 14 songs maybe there's three like okay so that's that's still you know 10 11 songs of just balls to the walls heavy so yeah there is one song that is 95 percent clean singing wow that's like the war pig song nice the whole song is just like i put it off on my dad and he was like you're summoning the devil he was like it's fucking <laughs> he was like it sounds so dark i was like yeah i'm really stoked on this song he's like why can't you talk about something nice i was like oh. <laughs> I want to sing about stuff. We sang about nice shit on the last album. <laughs> now, with with, um, with something like this now, you know, you've already got some tours organised for next year, you know, that have been popped up on social medias. Um, where do you see the band going next year? Is it just going to be on the grind nonstop for a whole year or is it kind of... Yeah. We are trying to tour as much as possible. I, I know after that Traders tour, I know we're going to come home and um, do some home life for maybe like two months or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the summer, we're going to get right back at it. We're, you know, we're hoping to get on some of the European festivals like Summer Breeze and whatnot. So we'll see how that works out. Um, but we really are just going to start. We're just going to keep grinding. We're going to put this album out. We're going to drop another song. We're just going to keep throwing shit in everyone's faces. You know, everyone's liking it right now. So. We're, we're happy that everyone's enjoying the hatred. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was but, a good time. To, it was so much fun to record this album, to get it the fuck out. You know what I mean? Just to get it out <laughs> of our system and then to put it out and then have everyone feel like, yeah, I hate that too. Good. Yeah, you know I, I mean? think, hate it. I think that's the thing though. Everyone has shit in their lives and I think you're, just, you're obviously connecting with the right people. Now, yeah, yeah. John, a couple more questions and then we're going to do – We're going to do my favorite segment, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Now, one thing is I want to ask you with being in the band, some people say deathcore is a dirty word. Now, I 
don't I don't understand why because these are the same people that six years ago were absolutely frothing and jacking off to Chelsea Grin, Suicide Silence, all of those back in the day. Now, because they're too high and mighty, they say that death course sucks. Um, do you mind being labelled a deathcore band? And what do you have to say to people that say, deathcore sucks? This is a great topic. So I think, um, first of all, I don't mind being called a deathcore band. Mm-hmm. If people ask me what will we play, I tell them rock and roll. So like, yeah. I don't know what you can call it, whatever. But here's the thing. Deathcore has become an oversaturated word. We'll mm-hmm. put it that way. So in oversaturation, you wind up with a lot of bullshit and a lot of mud. The idea, the original idea of deathcore is gone, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like when um, when Impending Doom first came out or like when Chelsea Grin first came out or when bands like On Solid Ground first came mm-hmm. out, if you ever listen to a band yep. like that, like that is fucking deathcore. That shit is heavy as balls now. You know what I mean? But like – there are so many bands now that are like we're deathcore that are fucking trash and there's so many of them and because the internet allows you to have allows people to have a voice when in reality the whole world should not have a voice that's why there's people who read books and there's people who don't like <laughs> fucking, it's like so you know what i mean sometimes you wind up with really loud shit bands mm-hmm. and it gives the name a fucking it gives it a bad taste in your mouth you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Just like with all words that, you know what I mean? Sometimes people say things that like at one point it was okay for you to say it. And now when you say other things, people are like, nah, I don't like that. So it just, it, it, uh, it has to do with the whole world and you know, the way you encompass the word. And right now death can nine times out of 10, if you tell me you're in a death, if you're like, you're like, oh, I'm in a death band. I probably don't want to hear that. Band. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's that's now. But mm. if it was, you know what I mean? But like, mm. if, if if you tell me like, if it was like 2008 and you told me that, I would be like, oh, this is going to be sick as fuck. Mm. You know what I mean? Because it wasn't, it wasn't beaten to death yet. I feel like creativity got slightly lost in the death metal pool. Oh, not that death metal pool. I'm sorry. Like the death core pool. Like everyone decided like, we want to be like these bands. And then that was it. Mm. There wasn't like we want to be like these bands, but we also want to do this. So mm. like you had all these bands that started that just were the same band over and over and over and over and over and over. And it was just like, okay, bro, yeah, we get it. Like mm. you guys are dead cool. Sick. But like, I, mean, I think and I think what you said is spot on. Like it not only deathcore, but it happened to metalcore, it happened to new metal, yeah. happened to glam yeah. metal. All of these styles have gone through that period. So I think right now exactly. is a very exciting time for bands like yourselves because now you guys can, the ones that are established and not just doing it on a gimmick, can start showing people and reminding people that this is what it is. This isn't the bullshit that you're hearing from other you know, carbon copies. Yeah. This is what it needs and, to and, be. And I don't want to deter anybody who's in a deathcore band. Like, yo, if you're a kid and you're in a deathcore band, like, yo, start that fucking band. Mm. But, dude, guess what? We already have Whitechapel. Don't be Whitechapel. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? We already got Chelsea Grin, dog. <laughs> like, we need you to be somebody else. You can be a deathcore band mm. and not be the deathcore kings. Like, and that's the problem. Mm. Everybody wants to be the same fucking band. You Use the style and mm. make music. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just like how people use the blues to make rock and roll. 
They didn't just become blues bands. They were like, oh, we're going to make something else. It's the same shit. People went from hair metal and they were like, I want to play a little faster. And then all of a sudden you had thrash and then you had fucking death metal come out of it. But all these people kept trying to push the boundaries. And I feel like the entire idea of being something aside from, you know, the initial goal has gotten lost. And that's oh, all. Yeah. You know what I mean? So try harder, Deathcore. That's all I want from you because I'm a Deathcore kid. I still love my Deathcore. I fucking, you know what I mean? Like, there are still deathcore bands I fucking love. Like, but just, God damn it, just try to write music. <laughs> hey, that, uh, that was all I got to say is preach, brother, preach. Um, that, yeah, that was, yeah, exactly. Now, the spin off question from that that I have, though, is. All of that's going on, and as you mentioned, a lot of bands appearing nowadays, and part of it is because of this new way of discovering music, which is streaming and downloading. Do you think nowadays maybe people are getting lost in the um, the art of being in a band and making music? Because now it feels like if you're not in everyone's face all the time, whether it's a new T-shirt design, a new music video, you get lost. Yeah, everyone everyone has gotten a little uh, a little bit more hungry for content in the past couple of years. So like, really, you it's it's an all day thing. Like when mm. I come home, I want to relax, but like I can't. I have to be on Instagram mm. and or I mean because I'm the guy who controls the band Instagram mo- mainly. Mm. You know what I mean? And then someone else has to sit on Facebook or someone has to sit on Twitter, and you just constantly have to just you 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 have to, the internet is where all the relevance is now unfortunately so you know what i mean like yeah your live show is still your live show but like your internet is just another show you know what i mean that's just a different stage and it's just as important as you play in the shows so this band has never really had like huge internet hype i think our internet um activity has definitely stepped its game up within the past couple of years since we've gotten the new members in and people have been trying new things um you know but the internet is just another uh, just another venue mm. it really is you know what i mean and whether you're playing t-shirts or whether you're playing fucking songs or whether it's your instagram story you picking your nose like that shit is all there there are so many dudes that like they're probably more popular than their band just because of their in, just yeah, because of their weird. online presence. Yeah. And honestly, more power to those dudes. I wish I could be one of those guys, you know. But like, the internet is your other venue, regardless mm. of if it's your band or not. You are a presence. So if everyone treats themselves like you would treat the band, if you understand what I'm trying to say, yeah. like you'll you'll build, you'll all build, and you'll is- come up. An interesting last question kind of before we get to last segment running on from that is in America because you know we've got our own issues here in Australia with live music is is the new way of streaming and YouTubing everything affecting attendances at shows because in Australia now kids unless it is the exact lineup they want with the exact headliner they won't turn up so so yeah. You know, it's that kind of. I can watch yes it on YouTube. And no, it, it is and it isn't. Um, I think that the internet has deterred people a little bit because now you get kids who get scared of moshing and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, so you have that. Uh, 
you, you know, you do have kids who are like, oh, fuck it. I'll just wait till one of my friends puts it on Snapchat or something <laughs> like that. So you do have it, it gives you the ability to be lazy for sure. Mm-hmm. It's not like it was back when I was a kid. Like if you missed the show, like you missed the show. Mm-hmm. Now, if you miss the show, chances are you could probably see the show again because either someone is going to put it online from another state or someone's going to put it online from your show that you missed. So there's not this like dire need to go to shows anymore. It used no. to be this place where I wanted to get the fuck out of the house and away from my parents. I'm going to the show. And it was a place for you to go and do something. Now it's not really like that. I mean, it is in some places, but in a lot of places it becomes just like, Oh, like, do I want to go see this show like a circus? You know what I mean? Mm. Like it's literally like that. And instead of it being like a place where people gather and you still have it in certain places, you know, that's like everyone's hangout, but a lot of places like what you're saying, like, you know, people, and unless it's the show that they want exactly like kids are like whatever. But at the same time, even though the internet, in my opinion, has completely destroyed music, mm. I think it has helped a lot of people who would never hear music like that or ever get to play music like that become musicians. And due to the internet, I definitely believe that you have not, you definitely have more talented kids than you used to. I definitely agree with that. Kids are definitely more talented now. Kids are definitely um, – they just – they know more about what's happening rather than it being such a secluded thing. Um, but again, that's what made it special. The, mm. you know, the seclusion is what made the show packed. You can go to a local show back in fucking 2005 and no one there had a label or a booking agent and it was fucking wall-to-wall mayhem. You know what I mean? And that was all the time because – you didn't have this ability to be like, fuck it, I'm not going to go. Because mm. if you did it, you sat at the fucking house and watched TV. There wasn't Netflix. There wasn't Red Dead Redemption 2. You know what I mean? You could sit in your drawers in the fucking living room next to the Christmas tree. <laughs> like, oh, fuck it, I'm just going to sit here. You know what I mean? Like, So there's just technology has its ups and its downs. Um, I would love to see the internet shut down for a little bit. (laughs) 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 Just like maybe just a little bit. So everyone could like talk to each other again. Like I feel like everyone needs to like interact a little bit and learn how to speak to each other again. And then we could all go back to Twitter and all that shit. But like everyone forgot how to like be next to each other. I feel like that's bad. Yeah. Everyone's forgotten how to have a conversation, which um, yeah, is Ugh, it's it's scary. Yeah, it's it's social, scary. Like, social anxiety is because you don't talk to anybody. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> well, not all the time. You know, not all the time. Of course, they're fucking. You know, what I mean, they're perfectly normal instances where people have to, you know, what I mean, actually have some help. But like a lot of the time, it's just getting used to. It. It's just talking to someone. Just get used to it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, but people don't like to talk to each other anymore. Every TV commercial is like, don't have to talk to a person at all. Like. <laughs> like bro there's seven billion of us what do you mean like what do you mean like, i don't get it like come on dude it's not that fucked up like why <laughs> well it's a selling point isn't it <laughs> dude it's crazy i don't understand but like yo all right whatever people people are people this is why i sit in my house <laughs> yeah it is now we have probably one of the most interesting things on this chat now coming up and it's kind of look at it this way. It's called pick your poison, right? Now what happens is I give you two options and you need to think of this as in 
you only have one for the rest of your life. So whichever one you pick, you're stuck with. Okay? Okay. So some are easy, some are hard. It's a bit of everything, food, everything you can think of. All right? So this lets the people listening kind of kind of get to know a bit more about what makes you tick. All right? Gotcha. All right. So we're going to start off pizza or burger. Fuck. Uh... Neither. Oh, whoa. Neither. I wouldn't, I like, I, okay, so I, I really like pizza, but I'm not like a gigantic bread dude. So pizza makes my belly hurt. So I don't really do pizza unless it's like super, super thin crust. Mm-hmm. Burgers are good, but like, again, hurts my stomach. Like, if I, I guess if I had to pick one, I'd probably, it, I shit, man. I don't know. Probably what's, the burger because there's, your there's less of, bread. What's your food of choice then? If you had one meal you can go and have, what is it? Oh, Chinese food or halal. Well, you go. Well, that leads. that's actually the next one is would you prefer Chinese <laughs> takeaway or Indian takeaway? Oh, my God. That's so hard. <laughs> Definitely Chinese food, but I love Indian food too. All food from Asia is fucking amazing. Yeah. Period. Um, <laughs> chicken or beef? Chicken. Okay. Would you... Oh well, no, 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 no. I, I, I would definitely rather a fucking steak. But okay. I love fried chicken. That's why I thought of that. Yeah, I'm the same. I've got a chicken like obsession. I can't get over it. Yeah. Um, beer or whiskey? Whiskey. Okay. Would you prefer to cook at home or dine out? Cook at home for sure. Okay. Do you prefer going to the cinema or sitting on the couch? Uh, when movies were fucking awesome, I loved the movies. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Now movies suck dick and I'd rather just sit on my couch. <laughs> so, yeah, because if you don't like it, you can just change it. It's that's Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like because I didn't pay you fucking fifteen dollars to hopefully like the remake of Halloween two. Like I'm all like <laughs> Or the latest. So it used to be the movies. Oh. Um Oh my god, dude. Stop making Predator movies funny. It's no, not funny. No, it's that, not true. That was horrible and it was painful, that recent Predator. I sat there and the wife's like, this is really bad. I said, I know, but we have to just go to the end. We have to just so I've seen it. It's just, we have to do it. <laughs> this is painful. I know, but we've got, we've got 20 minutes left. Um, beach or snow? Beach all day. I left New York City and moved to Florida because fuck being cold. I'm done. <laughs> Keep that shit. Uh, skateboarding or rollerblading? Rollerblading, I'm fat. I have no balance. <laughs> Surfing or skiing? Uh, 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 skiing again. I got no balance. <laughs> I um, think both feet. <laughs> PS4 or Xbox? PS4. I just got myself a PS4. Actually, my dad got me a PS4 for Christmas. I'm 30 years old. My dad will be a PS4. I feel like I'm 10. I literally <laughs> have been. I've been ripping into Red Dead Redemption like they're paying me to play it. Nice. Like I blink at 2am and I'm like, oh shit, sleep. Is it Do that another dab for is it, <laughs> is it that good of a game? I haven't got it yet. Oh my God. I love, see, me personally, I only play Grand Theft Auto and Red Dead Redemption. And when I say that, I legitimately mean it. So like I play the latest version of each game until the next one comes out and then I move on. But those are the only two games that I play. So... To me, being able to play Red Dead in a more realistic way than it already was is just fucking mind-bending to me. Like, the just I'm having such a fun time 
blowing people's fucking hands off and just doing crazy shit. Like the, the first time I got a shotgun, this dude tried to take it from me and he grabbed it and I just pulled the trigger like in the game and I blew both his fucking hands off and I was like, ah! <laughs> I was so stoked. It was awesome. Um, what's next? Oh, cat or dog? Um, I'm a cat guy. I have two cats. Um, I've had cats my entire life. That's really my reasoning behind it. I'm originally from New York City, so I've never really lived in a place where it was easy for me to have dogs. And it was always fucking snowing half the year. And if anybody's walking the dog, it's fucking me. And I don't like the cold, so like, cat it is. <laughs> so, now, so now, so I have cats. So I am a cat guy. Um, all right, here's some movie ones. These ones might get a little bit hard. Terminator or Predator? The original. The, uh, the original. Okay, no, nice. All right. Would you go Sly or Arnie? Arnie. Okay. Uh, Rambo or Rocky? Rambo. Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. Okay. South Park or Simpsons? South Park. Uh, Freddy or Jason? Freddy, for sure. I feel like that's way scarier. Yeah, it is. Um, Batman or Superman? Batman. Anchorman or Step Brothers? Oh, fuck. Uh, damn, that's hard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say Step Brothers just because I, I just, I, I laughed. I, I relate to the jokes more in Step Brothers for sure. So that's just that one. Um, okay, music ones. Slayer or Pantera? Pantera. Okay. Cannibal Corpse or Black Dahlia Murder? Black Dahlia. Uh, Megadeth or Metallica? Metallica. For sure. Sorry, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody likes Dave. Sorry, Dave. <laughs> You're listening. Nobody he likes you. He says that in interviews too. He's like, no one likes me because of you guys. <laughs> And I think, and I think, still nobody likes him. I, it's just unfortunate for him. But uh, <laughs> um, Black Sabbath or Van Halen? Fuck. Um, Ozzy Osbourne, Black Sabbath, and David Lee Roth. David Lee Roth, Van Halen. Um, sure. Last three. Now, would you prefer to watch a show in the mosh pit or just outside it, up the back? How old am I? Now. In the in the back. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. In the back, <laughs> sitting down at the bar like this. Like, <laughs> being like, my fucking back hurts. <laughs> but if I was like 16 years old, or so if I was like even in my 20s, like early 20s, I would definitely be right in there moshing, yeah. crowd killing everybody. Oh, identical, man. Mine, mine now is my knees. I'm like, no, nah, my knee hurts. I'm not going in. Oh, dude, yeah. Every time I'm at a show, I'm like, yeah, let's go to a show. And then we go and I'm like, fuck, this is a bad idea. I don't get to sit in the van now. (laughs) What is my set? Fuck, I'm not playing. I got to stand here for four hours. Uh, Touring or recording? Touring all fucking day. Recording is such a fucking – recording gets in my head. Mm. Recording gets in my head. It bothers the shit out of me. I definitely would rather tour. And last one, would you prefer CD, vinyl, or streaming? Um, 
the musician in me should say vinyl, but I don't have a vinyl player and I haven't heard enough new vinyl to say that I like it better than CDs. I know it is better than CDs, but because I'm going to go with what I use, so I'm not a fucking liar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with CDs. <laughs> nice. Um, John, we're going over time, but that's fucking, that was fucking epic, man. Oh, that was, Dude, thank you. I had a blast. This was actually awesome. I had so much fun and, um, Really, you're a, just a dude, man. I really appreciate it. Like, um, and I appreciate I, it. I had a blast talking to you.
So that was my chat with John of the last 10 seconds of life. At the end there, you also heard the new single, Sweet Chin Music, and it comes off the new album that's about to drop. The album is called Machina Non Grata, and it comes out January the 11th. Make sure you get yourselves a copy of that when it is released. So, guys, if you haven't heard any of the last 10 seconds of life stuff, get out there, scope it out. But essentially, you really need to hear this new album when it drops. And also, go back and hear the other album John did with the band, and that's called The Violent Sound. You can find all of this music online and in stores. Do yourself a favor. If you like that brutal breakdown shit, get onto it. So thank you, John. Much love, much respect, much appreciated. Thank you so much, dude, for taking time out for the Moshone. Really, really, really appreciate it. And hopefully we'll see you down in Australia soon, brother. And we're definitely going to catch up when that happens. So that's it for the Mosh Zone episode 49. Done, dusted, in the can, all wrapped up, fucking secured away for this week. Guys, if you're a first-time listener, thank you for tuning in. I hope you come back over future weeks on future episodes. If you're a regular listener, thank you as always for tuning in and hope you come back in future weeks. This time of the show is when I remind you that we need your help to get out to more listeners. So if you've got a few moments this week and you enjoyed this episode, share it on your social medias. Also, tell everyone you know about the Mosh Zone. Help us out. Help us grow this Mosh Zone community. Also, at this time of the show, I need to remind you that if you want to find Mosh News and Mosh Reviews, we have it all on our website and social medias. Our website is www.themoshzone.com. Our social medias are all at The Mosh Zone, and you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, don't forget, you can also get in touch through our email address, which is themoshzone at gmail.com. Get in touch, guys. Help us grow this Mosh Zone community. There's not much else to talk about. That is all of my rambling done. Thank you for tuning in. Have a great week. Stay safe. Open the pitch.